Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science A. Science as fuck. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dave Chacho, and I'm Science as fuck. I'm your host, Jesse Klein, and I am Science as fuck. How you doing, Jesse? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. It is so fucking hot in L.A. right now. Yeah, we are cowering inside next to my A.C., and if you hear the A.C., I do not apologize because we're not turning it off. It was 120 in, like, Culver City the other day, or, or Woodland Hills, yeah. in Woodland Hills yesterday, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, today it's probably 108 or something out there right now. A cool 108. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is right on topic with what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, sure. We have some climate science stories and joining us to help us talk about climate science. Who better than NASA JPL? I don't know if you're part of NASA. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. part of JPL, I, right? NASA. You are part yeah, of NASA. NASA climate scientist. Climate scientist Josh Willis. And also YouTube uh, uh, comedian, uh, <laughs> yeah, and li- Climate and Elvis. Climate Elvis. And live comedian like around L.A. And, and yeah. live comedian. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. You guys are science as fuck, and I'm a fucking scientist. <laughs> there we go. Sweet. Perfect. <laughs> uh, hand in hand. Cool. Um, yeah, so you, uh, you do actual climate science, uh, notably in G- Greenland recently, which right. we'll get into. Right. And you also have a series on YouTube of your Climate <laughs> Elvis appearances, which I've seen you do live, too. Which yes. It's great. Lots of fun. Uh, uh, thank which, you. Which is thank you very much. <laughs> bringing awareness of the impending climate catastrophe, I guess, to, <laughs> right. to those who might not uh, have heard. We might as well laugh at our impending doom. Yeah, well, uh, I would even say, just to start it off, since we have an expert... Uh, do you just want to just lay out right now, because we're talking about how hot it is in L.A., do you just want to lay out the difference between weather and climate? Oh, yeah. Because oh. Uh, cause this is a big thing where, you know, you'll see, like, a, a senator be like, oh, it's, it's global warming, There's but it's, it's snowing right now. <laughs> or, like, I, I could really use that global warming right now. It's freezing in New York and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that J- uh, James Inhofe, I think his name was, literally right. brought a snowball yes. into Senate to try to prove that uh, we who care about science are mistaken. Right. Yeah. Senator Snowball. And it, yeah. and I believe our president also at least tweeted a thing about how it was freezing in Washington, D.C., and he could use some of that so-called global warming. Uh, yeah, now there's a guy you don't want to take science advice from. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> or, any or any advice. Any advice. Any not hair advice. No. Not <laughs> marriage advice. What would advice, it? definitely. <laughs> not. <laughs> not tanning, definitely. <laughs> what would I take advice from him on? <laughs> I, special, I guess uh, that, like a hostile takeover of a yeah. Yeah. small <laughs> company where you want to uh, crush and humiliate the uh, former owners at the company how to force your brother to kill himself (laughs) (laughs) Uh, happened yeah (laughs) oh yeah his brother did did his brother kill himself his brother died from alcohol poisoning after he was a pilot because his dad disowned him because he wasn't as successful as and uh he bullied him so much that he became an alcoholic and then gave him a job as a janitor at trump (laughs) tower oh yeah (laughs) yeah Wow. Cool. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Let's not talk about that anymore. But we the have difference between the difference between climate and weather, because this yeah. seems to be a thing that 
Uh, I think most people know that there is a difference, but they, it's it's hard to put their thumb on it. In fact, we we were uh, disingenuous at the beginning when we were talking about the weather. Yeah, uh, being hot outside, which is not directly the climate, but it's affected by the change yeah. Yeah. in climate. Yeah, well, I, I would say I would say this heat wave in LA right now, uh, it's one part global warming. Yeah, one part local warming, the urban heat island, the reshaping of the uh, mm-hmm. of the landscape. And one part weather, because mm-hmm. it's hot sometimes. Yeah, weather yeah. Happens. <laughs> we do live in a desert in this south <laughs> exactly. of uh, the, the United States, Definitely. so it can get hot here. But this is unseasonably hot. Yeah, which is pr- possibly a trend that might continue. Yeah, I mean we're getting our butts kicked here. It's it's hot as balls. Let's be serious <laughs> about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So climate is uh, kind of the weather we expect, right? Mm-hmm. Climate is what we expect and weather is what we get. Year it's an old saying. Climate's right? kind of year after year. Yeah, patterns. right. It's, it's year after year. It's decade after decade, you know. Um, and right now, what I like to say is we live on a planet where every decade we have a new climate because it's warming up. It's different than the last, than the decade before, different uh-huh. than the decade before, different than the decade before. But that gives you a sense of how fast the, the global picture is changing. But, of course, here in L.A., we also have the urban heat island effect. Um, you know, about half of L.A.'s warming or actually maybe two thirds of L.A.'s warming in the last hundred years isn't global warming. It's actually turning, you know, desert and scrub brushes into skyscrapers and golf courses. Yeah. And yeah. that's a huge chunk of it. <clears throat> so we're hot because the place we built. Um, we're hot because the weather, but we're also hot because of global warming. You know, yeah. a couple, a few degrees of this extra heat, you know, and that's uh, that's an average number. So maybe it's five or six or eight degrees um is uh uh you know in the summer in the daytime uh is because of global climate change but you know you don't get to 120 (laughs) with just global warming yeah it's all three really on top of each other and that's a good way to think about it you know climate climate change is happening and we think about oh it's going to get hot but in fact it's more like you know the heat wave that you used to be able to kind of you know, saunter through with some nice iced tea. <laughs> now it's just scorching and you it's, can't leave your it's house. so much worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same thing with sea level rise and kind of all the aspects of global warming and climate change. Although I did make this iced tea I'm drinking in the sun. It's sun tea. <laughs> oh, so awesome. I'm, I'm using the global warming to yes. my delicious advantage. <laughs> Solar powered tea. Well, yeah, uh, when they talk about like... Uh, what was his name? Michael Mann with the hockey stick graph, like talking about like the Michael Mann, the director. Yeah, the director <laughs> Michael Mann. I <laughs> uh, no, it was what, like what's that? It's it's a graph that he brought, uh, and I think it was uh, I think it was the first Earth Day that he brought it out, and it was showing kind of it was that just the the global heat average heat was going up at a at a very fast rate yeah the hockey stick because the yeah. graph looks like a hockey stick it's yeah. flat for a thousand years mm-hmm. and then in the last hundred it's it's right straight exactly and that you know he has mm-hmm. the hockey stick graph for temperature but there's also a hockey stick graph for sea level now too oh geez so we can see that sea level was about it was basically doing nothing for 2,000 years. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then in the last 100, boom, you get this really fast and, rise. And even, it's not just humans, but the Industrial Revolution, you can see on the graph that humans have been around for 10, 30, 50, maybe 1,000 years, but it's only mm-hmm. since the Industrial Revolution where we started burning fossil right. fuels yeah. that you see the hockey stick start to go. Pew. Yeah, yeah. And so we it's a, clearly yeah, the carbon. Humans, <laughs> well, definitely. In definitely. the air. You know, <laughs> humans, actually, we had... 
humans have evolved something like a hundred thousand years ago yeah but we didn't have civilization until about ten thousand years ago when we warmed out of the cold climate and we had a very stable warm period for ten thousand years roughly yeah. mm -hmm. and that's about the length of recorded history right is that the last ice age ending exactly like 10, into the last thousand right. that's right ago? into the last uh, glacial maximum they call it the time when there were huge two-mile-thick ice sheets over Chicago, over mm -hmm. the whole of North, you know, huge chunks of North America were frozen and under ice. Um, that was the last uh, period when sea levels were really low, the planet was really cold, and then we warmed up out of that, and then we warmed for about 10,000 years, and then it settled down, and that's when, you know, civilization started. Mm-hmm. Started to fuck things up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We showed you Earth. That's right. <laughs> so, um, what other skeptic things can we address? Like the planet is heating. We that's been established. Um, well, I, I remember seeing uh, predictions in the '90s that, like, by 2020, it would be this hot. And I think we're above those predictions. Yeah. 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 I think it's happening faster than people even predicted yeah. 20 years ago which is a little bit unfortunate well uh, I'll, I'll say something that like uh like i have relatives who are skeptics about it and one of the things they always bring up is like how small the numbers seem as far as like degrees go up like when the when like you know like when something comes out and it's like the ocean is one degree hotter than we thought it was going to be, Ooh. and everyone is freaking <laughs> out about it. And uh, that is a good and, point. And yeah. that doesn't sound like much. It doesn't sound or, like. Or they say you know the air is two degree or the climate is two degrees hotter on average. Yeah. Right. But that. But it's an average. Tell us why that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a lot. Just exactly what you said right at the end. It, yeah. It's an average. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what the other thing is important is how fast it's changing, you know? Yeah. This number has been the same for thousands of years. Yeah. Right? And now it's rising really fast, both the temperature and the sea level. So, you know, sea level rise, we were, we were living in a world with basically no sea level rise for thousands of years. And we built our civilizations along the coasts and all this stuff. Uh, and now it's rising at a rate that we haven't seen in recorded human history and it's getting faster and faster. And so uh, that's one thing is the, the speed at which it's changing. But the other thing you got to remember is, so, you know, when you're standing on the beach, we talk about sea level rise in terms of centimeters, mm -hmm. right? A centimeter, mm -hmm. that big, right? Size of a dime. Yeah. Um, but you watch these waves crash in, you know, and you watch your buddy out there, you know, on the, uh, <laughs> I don't know any surfing terminology. Sorry. Catching, <laughs> catching some tasty catching waves. Catching some tasty <laughs> waves, you know. Getting tubular. <laughs> right, yeah, tubular. Uh, and uh, these things, you know, you're like, well, what is this a size of a dime? What does that even matter? Yeah. Right? But you got to remember that two thirds of the planet is oceans. So we're talking about two thirds of the planet rising by a centimeter. By a yeah. <laughs> Two thirds of the whole of planet. Water. It's a lot of water. That's it's a lot, lot of water. And the only way you get a change that big is if you're doing something to the whole planet. Yeah. Right. That means that it's really the whole planet that's changing. And it's something we haven't seen in recorded human history. So how are we going to deal with it? Yeah. Also, like uh, with two degrees not being that much, uh, I read somewhere someone said like, Think of the Earth as a human body. If you if you had a temperature that was two degrees hotter than normal, that's a fever. Like yeah. you're you're that's in a great point. You're yeah. in danger. Right. And it's if like you go from to go to 98 to 100.6. Yeah. That's there's something wrong that could kill you if you don't 
tree, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. if you don't Address do something it. about it. Right. And it's like two degrees is a lot. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a lot of heat coming. Yeah, you know, you, the other place you see it is species extinctions. Oh, yeah. Species migrations. So it's like the the birds and the plants and animals, they already know the score. They're They're moving toward the poles. They're moving towards cooler climates, you know. And so if whole species of animals are moving around, yeah. something big's happening. Yeah, and I think it was John Oliver on last week tonight. Um, was it? Was it that? Um, or maybe it was the Daily Show. We're, we're recently talking about species migration, and one thing, and their point was, we shouldn't be worried about migrant humans coming in and working. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, like <laughs> coming here looking for work. We should be worried about the fucking titsy flies and mosquitoes, and uh, y- you know like killer bees or whatever that are yeah. that are heading north because yeah. it's getting too hot at the equator and they're coming here to bring their malaria right. and th- their zika virus and all of these things uh much more deadly and dangerous than human migrants and uh harder to stop way harder yeah. to, to uh, i mean like address. the bark beetles right the bark yeah. beetles that eat the bark you know mm-hmm. they if they don't have a cold enough winter they don't die and so their population just explodes and then uh, eventually they can wipe and out they whole kill forests. All the trees. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, wiping out forests does not help us. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a, that's another. Uh, I mean, one of the problems is feedback loops. When when the climate changes and it causes the bark beetles to explode, which causes a forest to die, it causes the climate to warm more because the forest is dead, which causes more bark beetles, which. It, it it turns into a an exponential loop, and you can see these in other places, like when the when the permafrost melts and it releases uh, uh, methane right in, into the air, which causes the heating to heat faster, which causes the permafrost to melt faster. So we see a lot of these feedback loops that can possibly be catast- catastrophic uh, if unchecked. Yeah, well, you're dealing yeah. with that in Greenland, right? With the glaciers that usually reflect the sun back are now getting smaller and smaller. So that protection is getting our shield is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like the the there's a, a specific feedback called the glacier feedback or the ice sheet feedback. Yeah. And, you know, you have this big white reflective surface. And as it melts, then, uh, you know, you absorb more sunlight because you're not reflecting as much back out into space. You can think of feedbacks like, uh, you know, I like to think about it, uh, the science term for feedback. You put a marble in your cereal bowl, uh-huh. right? And you start pushing the marble. That's us. We're pushing the marble. We're adding CO2 to the atmosphere. We're forcing the climate. And as long as you stop, you know, then eventually the marble will roll back out into the bowl and find the center again, right? Yeah. But if you get to the edge of the bowl and you push it over the edge of the bowl, now the marble's on the table, then it's on the floor, then it's rolling into the neighbor's <laughs> house, right? So th- those are the feedbacks, right? When you have something that you can't control anymore, it's not just you pushing the marble. Now it's uh, it's you gotta go over your climb over your neighbor's fence to get it back. Yeah, it starts going on your. It's like if if you're pushing a a snowball down a hill into Congress, suddenly right. the, the hill gets <laughs> steeper and steeper, and suddenly the snowball's going off with without you pushing it exactly anymore. it's going that's on, right it's, it's rolling on its own and it's going to getting bigger crush a uh, your, neighborhood your neighbor's yes. house again <laughs> hopefully <laughs> he, he's a Republican neighbor. Neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man we've thrown so much shit at yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your research you, you've been going to greenland and um i was reading about um first of all let's plug uh 
O-R-B. You can go to uh, NASA. Uh, yeah, if you go NASA's to NASA's website. Yeah, if you Google OMG NASA, you'll find me. Yeah. Um, there's a great Q&A on the NASA website with Josh and um, about the OMG. And there's other, you know, there's there's a bunch of papers. That I, I tried to read a technical paper. I didn't get super <laughs> far. Um, but uh, tell us about your, your research in Greenland. Yeah, so uh, uh, Oceans Melting Greenland, or OMG for <laughs> short. <laughs> and you came up with that, I did, right? yes. I think it's a perfect I, acronym. It was, yeah. thank you. I did uh, come up with that in a Second City class when I first started <laughs> out. You know, I was taking really? some classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so OMG is a it's a short mission. It's a five year long basically experiment, and NASA gave me thirty million dollars not to keep but to do science with. <laughs> I was going to say share the wealth know, right? a little bit. Uh, and you guys can't see this, yeah. but Josh is wearing a top hat. <laughs> and he has a golden like gold cane from yeah. head to toe. Yeah. Hang on, let me put my monocle in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we uh, uh, we're doing this five year long mission, and we're flying airplanes around in Greenland. So, so you get to fly in like a Learjet around. That's right. The, exactly. The coast of Greenland. All, yep. And and I read drop like instruments out. In, yep. Out That's the, exactly out the window, right. right yeah. Into the yeah. water. Yeah. Uh, which is what every summer we go back and we measure the ice. Uh, the, we, we, our plane has changed a couple times, and I think actually this year. We're going to be in a DC-3, which is like the Indiana oh, yeah. Jones plane. Yeah, those old cargo <laughs> yeah, planes you know, with, like the big, <laughs> with the big back yes. that opens like the big <laughs> the C- uh, Well, that's, the C- that's what we had last year, the C-130, uh-huh. which was really exciting because uh, we flew around um, and we tried to, to drop. In order to drop the thing, you have to have clear view of the water. Yeah. And sometimes it was foggy, so we flew really low to get under the fog uh-huh. so they could see. And uh, one time we're flying along, and I'm in the back watching the GPS, and all of a sudden the plane makes this really hard right turn. I'm like, guys, where are we going? We're, you know, we're turning away from where we're supposed to be. And uh, I look out the window, and this iceberg passes right oh at the God. level of the plane. <laughs> so oh, wow. we're at like 300 feet, uh, you know, dodging icebergs. A 300-foot tall iceberg? Yeah. Really? Icebergs are are huge, you know, a hundred a hundred meters out of the water and a thousand meters below the water. I didn't know they were that big. They can be. I mean, I guess when they're large chunks of melting glacier, right? Yeah. Well, one of the glaciers that we're studying right now is called Jakobshavn, and it's the biggest, fastest moving glacier in Greenland, and uh, its face is a thousand meters thick. So the the glacier is is a full kilometer. It's a a kilometer tall. The face and nine like and then big pieces of it fall off sometimes. exactly right and 80 or 90 percent of it are underwater is underwater so like it's sitting on the ground below water yeah and these huge chunks will fall off you know and icebergs float like 90 percent below the water right so yeah. mm-hmm. if you see something 100 feet out of the water it's 900 feet down below if that pilot wouldn't have turned and, and I, just like yeah, would have like scraped against the iceberg, an air titanic <laughs> air titanic you would have slowly titanic. sunk yes. for the next two hours <laughs> women and children first that's right that's right oh man it was exciting that was fun yeah, yeah josh's facebook pictures are always really exciting <laughs> <laughs> yes yes you can find me on facebook at climate elvis yeah Climate Elvis. At you can Climate also, Elvis? Yes, it's Facebook.com slash Climate Elvis. Twitter at Climate Elvis? Uh, Twitter is OMG NASA. I need, okay. to, get, I need yeah. to get the Climate Elvis Twitter up and running now. Yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I read that you're, you're measuring um, not just the air effects on the ice, but more the ocean water temperature effect on you know, the coastal ice. Yeah, right? that's, that's exactly right. The Greenland ice sheet is like two miles thick. It's really, it's huge. Uh, and it's so heavy, it, it pushes the ground down below sea level. 
And it turns out that a lot of the ice, when it flows off the edge of the ice sheet, it, it flows in these glaciers, these rivers of ice, and they sit below sea level. A lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like the one we were talking about, Jakobshavn, it, it's between eight and 900 meters uh, below sea level is the bottom. So it's this giant wall of ice and a huge chunk of it, seven or 800 meters, uh, is actually sitting in the ocean. It's sitting right in the ocean water where the water can kind of eat away and interact with it on the bottom. And mm-hmm. so we know that Greenland's ice is melting from above. You know, we can measure the temperature and we can see it melting and all that stuff. But what we're trying to do with OMG is figure out how much the water is eating away from the ice at the edges. And uh, so far, all of our results suggest more than we thought is the answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. oh is the water warmer than... It used to be? Yeah, it's overall the long-term trend. There's definitely warming in the water, but there's also these cycles in the water. So for 5 or 10 or 20 years, it'll be warm, and then for 5 or 10 or 20 years, it'll be cold. And as it goes back and forth, we can see the glaciers actually reacting to the warmer or cooler water. Now, in the long run, it's always going gonna, gonna to continue to warm just like the rest of the planet. So those highs, those warms are getting warmer, and the colds, are not quite as cold every time. Um, But part of what we're trying to capture with OMG is to watch how these cycles affect the glaciers in hopes that we can predict what the long-term warming is going to do in the long run. Boy. Pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I got um, really great pictures of ice on my Facebook page. Yeah. If you want to cheer up, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, his, his Facebook pictures are always really cool because a lot of them are from the sky, and it's just like, oh, this is a beautiful land. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Have know, you spent a lot of time uh, in Greenland, like staying th- there on the island and Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've, uh, we've stayed so far in, in Thule, which is an Air Force base way on the northwest corner and also on a, in a little airport on the west side called Kangerluswak. <laughs> uh, and cool also name. in Iceland and Svalbard, which is sort of like an island way off the northeast coast of, of Greenland. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, we've stayed all around and uh, we'll continue for a couple more years. That's how very the, cool. How do the local people there feel about changing climates? Do they care? Do they think about it much? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, for them, they're... Greenland's got a really small population for one thing. It's, yeah. I think it's like 50,000 people or yeah. something. It's tiny. Yeah. Uh, like there's more people in the capital of Iceland than in all of Greenland put together. <laughs> yeah. Um, more people in Silver Lake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were more cars parked on the street on the way over here. <laughs> uh, but there's so, uh, but they. They uh, live on like caribou. Yeah. So there's a lot of subsistence hunters and, and, and things like that in Greenland that. And live. fishing. Yeah. Fishing's really important. Uh, hunting's really important. And uh, as the environment changes, all that stuff is changing. And so they're really struggling with uh, how to cope with it. Yeah, yeah because I heard that the caribou migrations are affected and definitely um, fishing areas all over the world are changing. So that's got to be tough. Well, that's something that uh, we can maybe key in on right now where it's like the, the immigration issue that we're having in the United States and not a problem, just a thing that we are talking about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that, up, that is a climate problem. change issue as well, that, that people are leaving and looking for greener pastures because their native, po- the, where they're from, is no longer an applicable place to live. Like, it's not sustainable. Yeah. And migrancy is going to in- 
only increase yeah. as the climate keeps changing. Yeah, I mean, they're called climate refugees, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't, some, certain places after climate change, you can't live there anymore. There's We've lost islands already, right? In Micronesia yeah. and yeah. places yeah. like that? There's places where there's already been enough sea level rise that it's untenable to live. I mean, even here on the West Coast in San Francisco, the 100-year flood in San Francisco happens every 10 years now. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, so, w- you know, we're as a, you know, as a wealthy country and society, we put a lot of money in dealing with it. But if you didn't have those resources, there would already be huge parts of San Francisco Bay where you couldn't live either. Yeah. Well, I, they talk about like New York, where it's like now it's going the the pattern with New York is going to be the polar ice storm where it is like incredibly cold and icy and flooded and then in the summer, it's going to be 120. Yeah. And like that's just what living in New York is going to be like. Uh, and I want to talk about why global warming make, makes it colder sometimes. But, but a, a, a quick aside, I, I read a story about a, an island off the coast. It's near Chesapeake Bay on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the poor saps voted for Trump because he came there and gave him a speech telling them, the, the island is disappearing. Yeah. And he came in the, there and gave him a speech telling them it's not disappearing. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and then he told them he was going to build them a, a wall uh-huh. around the island, a seawall. One trick pony. Which didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the island is now, I mean, it's still disappearing. And it, it's like, wh- I think it's like 80% what it was 10 years ago or something. Jeez. And the people are just getting closer and closer and closer together. And they're voting for these frauds who are telling them it's not ha- basically they're telling them what's happening is not happening <laughs> yeah. yeah vote for me i'm not going to do anything about it anyway um that was just an aside uh, you mentioned uh it can get, like cold can get colder and that's hard for some people to understand when they hear global warming yeah. which is one reason we started saying climate change because it's really more of a change than warming but it is warming so how yeah. does it get colder when it warms yeah so uh there's this uh, phenomenon called, uh, you know, we were talking about feedbacks and, and stuff like that. There's a there's a polar feedback. So the the Arctic Ocean, the top of the planet, the the ice cap at the northern end of the the planet Earth. Uh, Santa's home. Yes, <laughs> Santa's home. <laughs> That's what we call it uh, here exactly. at Science AF. Exactly. We still believe Santa's in Santa Claus, and we right. will <laughs> we will not hear and anything he's else. He's on a tiny, tiny shrinking island. He's he at is, a tiny, he we're is, very you know, worried about Santa. Yeah, he's got to keep those reindeer moving all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, um, he lives on a sea. He doesn't live yeah. on right. land. He That's lives right. on a glacier that yes. on the Arctic Sea. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, yes. His home is always floating and moving around. It's hard. It's difficult. Um, but the, so there's this thing that scientists talk about. It's called climate scientists talk about called polar amplification, and it's just a fancy way of saying the Arctic's getting hotter than everywhere else, faster than everywhere else, mm-hmm. um, and that's for a bunch of reasons. Because when like we talked about the melting ice and and revealing whatever's blue, like sea ice, for example, if you melt a bunch of ice that's floating, what's underneath it is water, and water is really good at absorbing sunlight. So mm-hmm. if you melt away the ice, you're not reflecting any sunlight back anymore. You're just putting you're all just that energy in the ocean. Yeah. So it warms a lot faster than the rest of the planet. And at the, the thing that, that's kind of important for these winter storms is the difference in temperature between the North Pole and the equator, or really the North Pole and the, the high latitudes and mid latitudes. So uh, the, as the pole warms up faster and faster then that difference gets smaller so the 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 even though you know it's it's hot in the midwest <laughs> um 
it's way hotter than it used to be at the North Pole and in Greenland and those pla- other places. And so as that difference changes, then the winds uh, get a little more wiggly. You know, if the difference is high and the winds are strong, then the winds are really strong and they just kind of make a perfect circle, a little yeah. halo around the top of the planet. Yeah. But if the difference is weak, then that the winds kind of wander north and south and you get these huge... Uh, oh, excursions where the that wind, polar vortex exactly, they always the talk polar about vortex, in the, the polar vortex that's exactly it oh, and okay. so as the polar vortex kind of slows down yeah, i never heard this before this is really interesting yeah, yeah <laughs> i didn't know that either you get, really right you get these huge winter storms coming out of the north because as as the uh, as it meanders it kind of wanders around so sometimes it's headed south and it's bringing all this polar air uh, out of northern canada and dumping it on say new york yeah. so you get a huge winter storm you get incredible snow cover uh, and then sometimes it's going the other way and it's bringing all the hot air from the south uh, into the north and, and melting mm-hmm. stuff in the winter or causing a huge heat wave in the summer. And so it's, it's probably what's happening now because exactly. I feel like we're getting warm winds from the south right now that are just blowing up from yeah, the tropics. That's right. Well, there's a, and there's, a, there's also a big high pressure system. So, you know, we're kind of getting it from both sides. So we're we're. Basically, that means that the we- the weather in the mid latitudes, where most of us live, is getting more variable. It's getting more mm. crazy. So you have bigger highs and bigger lows, higher That's highs really and lower lows. Because when I was a kid, we always, you know, you, you, you know, the jet stream that kind of goes across the country, and there's a Gulf stream, and there's an right. Atlantic something stream, right? Um, and and those patterns create predictable behavior. Yeah, and they're strong. Right. But you're saying they're getting weaker and they're breaking down and they're getting wigglier and more unpredictable and well, more unpredictable. Yeah. Well, it's like I remember last year uh, it was a big headline for me, but probably not everyone. But I remember there was a the, a big deal that like there was like a week straight where Chicago was colder than the North Pole. Yeah. And I was just, like, I remember just sitting in my room kind of having a panic attack <laughs> like i was like that shouldn't be the way it is yeah i mean that's exactly yeah. what, that's exactly because of this exact phenomenon yeah because all that cold air is coming down out of the high latitudes it's hitting chicago right yeah and the north poles uh, it's sunny and warm it's hot actually yeah. so we're yeah. exchanging the weather patterns and that that's part of why the sea ice is melting faster is part of why greenland's melting faster and all all that stuff and so even though chicago was getting dumped on like there was melt in February in Greenland. Oh man! Right? So yeah, it was sort of incredible. That's phew. <laughs> that, that shouldn't be what happened. No, that's it's kind of fucked no, up. Guys. And so this also creates more uh, cyclones and hurricanes and more unpredictable can, extreme yeah. weather and stuff like definitely, that. Definitely, definitely extreme weather. And I think which like is which is radical if you're like really into chasing <laughs> crazy weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is global warming. This is the best time to be a tsunami chaser. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like you're living in <laughs> you're living in privileged times. <laughs> Definitely. And, <laughs> another thing that people latch onto is that like some places might not get that much worse. Like I read a prediction that uh, the Sahara might become more habitable uh, due to climate change, and while the jungles of 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 the rest of Africa might be on fire, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, 
there might be a little positive zone where uh, where the Sahara gets more rain, and but you we know the trade-off is eighty percent of the forest <laughs> is on fire. You yeah. Try and put the entire Earth's population in the Sahara right. desert. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. On the off chance it there's a ironically, a this is the only place we can live now. <laughs> yeah. The fact of the matter is, the, there are always places that you go, oh, okay, well, this used to be frozen tundra, and now we can grow corn here or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact is, we've built a huge civilization. Nine billion people on there, getting towards nine billion people on the planet. Was it seven and a half or eight? Now, yeah. Uh, it's over seven. Yeah, it's I don't over think seven. it's seven and a half yet. Um, you know, w- we're pushing toward nine billion people, and we've, li- we've built this civilization for a climate rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> built this civilization on a climate we don't have anymore. Uh-huh. You know, on yeah. a climate that's gone and is probably not coming back. And so, w- so yeah. how do we adapt to that? So we don't know the places that are going to be livable in 10 years. Also, no. also we built years. that civilization super fast. Yeah. Like for for how the earth works, we've been we've been fucking with it at a yeah. really quick rate. Well, wasn't yeah. there th- like during the time of uh, John F. Kennedy's presidency, like only three billion people or something. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of um, insane. It's it's insane how much it's doubled in just some people's lifetimes that well, are alive today. Him yeah. dying made everyone super horny, <laughs> 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 and that's why the population boom happened. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, like they were really sad, and then they're like, "Let's make." I think him a living bunch uh, of kids <laughs> made a lot of people horny. He was true. a handsome yeah. man. Basically, anything with Kennedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's this, you know, there, just to stay on that subject for one yeah. last beat, there's this uh, uh, word that geologists use now, the Anthropocene. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have all these scenes, all yeah. these periods, periods during, of, through geological eras history. of geological history. Yeah. And anthropo, meaning human, yeah. meaning we are the biggest driving force of the climate and the shape of the planet today in every fashion. Has that officially been adopted, the that, that we're in the uh, people are saying it more and more I don't know if there's if, if it ever is going to be officially adopted but it's obvious that it's happening and yeah. people are there have been it's some that's in use. big geologic societies and stuff that have officially adopted it I think uh, uh, do you want to because this is my my big doomsday thing is red algae oh <laughs> uh, yeah do you want to do you want to really quickly I, I believe I bring it up on every like <laughs> podcast where we're talking about how the world ends yeah <laughs> right do you want to do you want to really hit on that no, real quick I've gone swimming in the red algae in the Pacific and it's beautiful because it's bioluminescent yeah, yeah. have you ever gone swimming through yeah, the algae yeah. uh, so you <laughs> I know it's not healthy <laughs> uh, it's somewhat toxic but Didn't you see Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. man? This is how the human race is going to get wet. It's I'm like <laughs> it looks like um, lights of blue, uh, you know, uh, blue light, whatever, uh, black light. Is what yeah, it looks yeah. like little blue streaks of black light if you swim through water. Yeah, anyway, tell us why it's going to kill us. Really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. cool. It's cool. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're we talk about global warming and. That's from putting CO2 in the air. Yeah. But we're changing the planet in all kinds of different ways, right? Overfishing in the ocean is a huge, uh, a, a huge issue. So you kill off the top-level predators and all the bottom of the food chain kind of overgrows and you get all this craziness. Yeah. The other thing is we're dumping huge quantities of fertilizer in the ocean. And essentially, a lot of the red tides that are these, they're called harmful algal blooms, mm-hmm. um, come from... Uh, runoff, so agricultural runoff and other stuff. Uh, you know, when when the farmlands when it rains over the farmland, uh, 
the huge quantity of fertilizer they put on it slowly makes its way into the ocean and causes the plants there, which happen to be the red tides, the algae, uh, to bloom. And you get huge uh, algal blooms, and they can be harmful. They can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. They kill off local and they don't put off and, and they don't put off as it red algae doesn't put off as much oxygen as green algae does right oh yeah yeah and there's so there's been a lot i've seen uh, over the years i always see stories of massive fish kills yeah with the oxygen levels of a certain area of either the sea or a lake or something drop so low that all the fish in that lake die yeah yeah what what happens is the algae there gets to be so many of them uh that the things that eat the algae can't keep up Mm-hmm. Um, and they're called zooplankton. These little other s- tiny creatures eat the tiny plants. Yeah. Um, but if there's too many, then the plants all die. The algae die and they start to sink. Um, and then bacteria, they decay. And as the bacteria, uh, eat them as they decay, those bacteria suck up oxygen out of the water and you get a big, uh, w- oh. you get a big, oh. uh, oxygen depletion and it's called a dead zone. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so you get, you get this huge area where, Nothing can survive because there's not, you know, fish breathe the oxygen out of the water. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and Christopher and Walken can see the future. Exactly. Now, now, is a dead zone a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> it's I a bad thing if you're a fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I, I recommend it. It's a good thing if you're a Stephen King fan. With, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Walken. It's a bad thing if you're Walken's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert oh. for a 70 year old movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites, by the way. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, so. I, I ran into some economic stories. One thing that, that deniers like to... Uh, they're, they're always talking about like saving coal jobs or something, but there's only like 10,000 people that work in coal in the United States and not that many across the world. Um, there's way more people that work in alternative energy, in, in renewable energies, and like uh, it's much more economically viable to uh, invest in renewable energies. Um, that's my preface. I wanted to say that there was a story that said that, that rising sea levels is going to cost the world $14 trillion yeah. in the next century. Yeah. If t- $14 trillion 14 a year. A trillion is what a the, oh, a is year. What the yeah. said. Yeah. Like 3% by of, the end of this century. Yeah. Of global GDP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so economically, like stopping global warming is good for your wallet. <laughs> yeah. You know. Because, you know, imagine if you don't like paying taxes now. If it's fourteen trillion a year, how m- imagine how much taxes you're going to be asked to pay. Yeah. Then. Uh, yeah, it's you know it's always cheaper to prevent a mess than it is to clean one up. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> there's no case where that's not true, and global warming is exactly the same. Yeah, a stitch in time saves nine. Right. It's, yeah. yeah like that's right. It's nine billion dollars. Nine trillion dollars. <laughs> you know, if we if we give all of those ten thousand coal workers a job making solar panels. Yeah, they would probably be happier, make more money, and uh, you it'd know, be better for the environment. Be better for the environment and the the uh, uh, economy. Uh, so anyone who tells you that we need to cling to uh, fossil fuels is someone who's being paid by the fossil fuel. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, look at China, right? Yeah, you know, we talked. Yeah, uh, there's uh, China has reduced its emissions like for two or three years in a row and you go oh maybe that's the economy way, way faster and, and this is part yeah. of the paris accord too uh which they joined on to and they promised to cut emissions fake 
Bye. <laughs> it's fake. Get out of here. I don't like Paris. It's <laughs> fake. There's a Paris in Las Vegas. It's better. I eat Freedom Fries. And Freedom Fries. I mean, we can talk about how our entire EPA is manned by people that come <laughs> from the fossil fuel Christ. industry. <laughs> but um, the Paris Accord, China agreed to, to it, its emissions were going up, were skyrocketing throughout the uh, 90s and aughts. And then they said, we're going to level off by 2030. And they've actually leveled off already. Yeah. So they've yeah. like well ahead of expectations. Um, they're they're not building as much. Their manufacturing is starting to level off, and they're starting to clean up their act and put on scrubbers and and uh, you know uh, start using uh, renewable energy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, electric car sales and stuff like that in China are huge. Like, solar yeah, panels. it's a really cool thing. Solar panels. Um, so people like are making a difference. California, L.A., where we live right now, is a great example. There used to be in the 90s, smog alerts were, if, if it was this hot outside, y- you would not go outside because the smog would be yeah. so thick you would just start coughing. Literally, they would say on TV, stay inside. Like, do was, not go out it was there. It so you, gross. You could die. I used and to. And if you, yes. Yeah, sir. yeah th- like my family would come down from Portland, Oregon to come and visit family down here, and we'd go through the grapevine. And there would be a grease you cap see that your car would drive through. That you were going into. And it would leave residue on your car as Ugh. you drove through the grease cap and that I, was over the valley. I would immediately get a headache when I would drive into L.A. I used yeah. to live in Santa Barbara when it was uh, when it was pretty dirty. And I, I would immediately get a headache when I came into L.A. because I would just the air was uh, so toxic. Yeah. Um, and you could see it like going over... Driving into L.A., it's it's like you could see a brown cloud that you're going into. And it's still a little pollution, but it's, it's so much epically better. better. Yeah. And the reason is uh, emissions, emission standards laws. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we regulated it and we cleaned it up. <laughs> you yeah. know, those little suction things on the gas pumps, right? And yeah. all the stuff your car has to go through, you know, uh, made the difference. Yeah, made and a huge difference. You know, uh but it, it's not just California either. Uh, gas prices for a long time were falling because of decreased demand, because people are moving toward more renewable choices. More Even in the U.S., more electric cars are being sold, mm-hmm. and yeah. people are trying to be more efficient with gas. And, uh, you know, locally, people are making a difference. California has one of the greener uh, energy grids in the country, and remember, California's economy is like, the fourth or fifth largest fifth economy largest in the economy world, in the right? world, yeah. So it's it's a, we're already kind of we're already kind of doing it. Um, so to keep denying it at this point is just stupid. Yeah, uh, I have a friend who works in the EPA, and she said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, she said it's. <laughs> uh, she said pretty much uh, after uh, the new administration got brought in, she went from going into the office and working. Every, like uh, sometimes six times a week that now now sometimes she's not brought in ever like she she can go weeks without being brought in and it's like her, her job is to like uh, part of her job is like emission standards and stuff like that oh, and wow. they just don't they don't care about her anymore and don't don't care about any of the numbers that she's bringing in or anything like that and it's just like okay have you run into any <laughs> of that working for nasa you know nasa's mostly been spared the politics of the last couple of years uh sense. you know we've been really lucky the uh, people that run nasa are still scientists as a, as opposed to the epa 
well, we got a new administrator pretty recently. Oh, and yeah. there was a lot of worry about this guy. Um, but uh, because he had made statements about climate change being fake and stuff when he was in Congress. And uh, uh, but since he's gotten to NASA, he hasn't done that. And he's made public statements saying he understands climate change is happening, that humans are causing it, that we need to keep studying it. So he's kind of saying all the right things. And, you know, the Trump put out an early budget for NASA that cut a lot of Earth science stuff and Congress essentially restored it. So we've been really, really lucky at NASA that we haven't, you know, had the kind of crisis that the EPA and, and other agencies have really been facing. So we've, we've been pretty lucky so far. I, yeah, I am a little bit heartened to see that um, science funding has not gone down as much as I thought it would. Yes, yeah, um, I know Barack Obama increased it a lot, and Trump hasn't really decreased it much so yet. So yeah, far. he's been too busy taking money away from sick people and <coughs> poor people. Yeah. yeah, you know. And, and I mean, as soon as he gets a, cages. as soon as right. he gets a SCOTUS, I'm sure he'll start. I mean, well, yeah. people, I people, people of our generation forget that like before the EPA. Like there were literally rivers were on fire and <laughs> yeah, there was true. and there was literal acid rain and not the kind where it's like, oh, watch out for your metal statues. They might get yeah. eaten away, but like actual could, acid rain the water yeah. in your faucet might have mercury coming out of it because yeah, uh, th because there was no regulation on a, a corporations. And also remember, it was Republican Richard Nixon, uh, his administration who started the EPA. Yep. So and the Endangered uh, Species a, Project. Yeah. Even if you consider yourself a conservative, you're probably not listening to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, because it's an extremist viewpoint, I believe, at this point, to consider yourself an a conservative. But um, if it, a real conservative should very much care about the environment and what we're doing to it. It's only these fake money people who are trying to, you know, slash and grab the economy, uh, you know, the, the budget and, and put it in their pockets that are really uh, denying. Yeah. What what is what is standing in the way? Why? Why have we not embraced protecting this planet <laughs> and like why? Have, why have we just uh, what is what is the main thing blocking? I mean, you're doing a lot. How do we for, get like, for general education like that's. That's the thing that like I like if if I get to to brag about Josh a little yeah. bit is like he I met him at Second City and one of the reasons why he was there he's also a really funny guy but one of the reasons why he was there is he was trying to find a way to make this accessible to make it so that people can be educated and it's still fun and like even the interview that we you're brought up like it was a really funny interview <laughs> yeah like it, 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 we we have to read a lot of science <laughs> stuff for this podcast and that was by far one of the easiest things we've ever had to read because it was really true it was I, really fun more um science people sh should take improv classes yeah. so yeah. that they get yeah. better at, at uh, communicating to mm -hmm. skeptics who might just not know enough knowledge yeah i mean there's there's kind of two things you know you're thank you so much for bringing that up and and i i appreciate the props I, I i do love doing this stuff it's fun for me but at the same time as a scientist i feel like i have a responsibility to explain to taxpayers who pay for what i'm doing yeah what i'm doing you know if i can't explain to you why what i'm doing is important then you know you should seriously question whether you should be funding me or not yeah and so i think as a you know we uh as a community need to do a better job of explaining what we're doing 
and communicating. And it's it's hard. It takes work. You know, you have to you have to work at it. But uh, and you have to practice. That's the biggest thing. But uh, but I feel like, um, you know, I feel like younger generations of scientists are starting to get that. You know, social media helps a little bit. For All sure. my young scientist friends are on Facebook, at least. And, you know, those are usually on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and they post about what they're doing, which I think is uh, it's so important because the fact is that it, if you if you can explain what you're doing to people, then you're actually better at doing it. Yeah, it's, it's not just that people need to know; it's that it helps you be a better scientist in the long run. Mm -hmm. I think communicating with people who don't understand is is vital to the survival of yeah. <laughs> yeah. species yeah. in the world. And and yeah, the more that you can you know train yourself to be able to communicate with people effectively, I think is helpful. Uh, yeah, and there's you know you, you mentioned you know to kind of bring it back to your question. Uh, yeah, what do we need to do? Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's there's two things. One, scientists could be com better communicators. That's definitely true, and I hope that we I hope that we enter a time where that's that's just the norm. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot of misinformation. You know, let's be honest. Like there are professionals whose full daytime job is to spread misinformation on climate change, is to lie mm -hmm. to people about global warming and what it's causing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because there's, there's billionaires and, and CEOs who are paying big bucks to hide the fact that they're destroying exactly, the world. Thanks to exactly. Warren G. Harding, we are, our economy is tied to the oil companies. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and, ha and, and will be for some time. Yeah, you know, we're not going to get Lots out of, of it. A lot of thanks to Reagan for that. Yeah, and Reagan, right. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of... Yeah, there's Two plenty of... great presidents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's plenty of uh, uh, billionaires and fortunes made on this stuff, and it's not going to, you know, they're not going to give it up easily. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I talk to a lot of my colleagues about science communication, and I say you, you have to be realistic, too. You have to understand that there really are people out there who are lying about it, like daily, and sending news releases out to, to, to media, talking points to media that are full of deliberate misstatements of fact mm -hmm. and yeah. you have to fight that head on i think you, you have to talk about it if you those don't talk about it it just they win I yeah. mean, if you're watching fox news those are the only ones they're putting on yeah like, yeah they're not putting any honest people in this debate because they stand to make lots and lots of billions of dollars and and if you're not a millionaire you're the one that's getting fucked over <laughs> yeah right. so if you're voting for these people or if you're uh repeating or retweeting what they're saying uh you're, you're only screwing yourself over and, and they're really good at that because it's not straight up lies it's misinformation where like i i know like i mean sometimes it is straight up lies yeah, but right. but they're really good at making it seem like an actual data point instead yeah. or, or an actual conclusion instead of just a data yeah, point. Yeah, or try to come up yeah. with a plausible deni deniability like, kind of thing, like uh, uh, that something that sounds like it's discrediting if yeah. you don't think about it too deeply yeah. or something. Well, like well, they bring up, I think that like they always bring up like, well, 1952, we recorded the hottest year uh, in human history. And <laughs> nope. And, 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 <laughs> 2017. <laughs> yeah. <again. laughs> and it's like, well, it might have been the hottest year in history for that one spot. In, or, or in <laughs> there 1952, there was a heat wave. Was the hottest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But since then. But yeah, yeah it is. It is always getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, you know, and the other thing that's true too, I think, is that they uh, uh, they're better at tying those issues to social issues that people care about. 
yeah. you know? Yeah. So they say, they say, well, do you really believe global warming? Because they're taking away your job, right? Yeah. Or they have an emotional appeal or a financial right. Which appeal. Which is the opposite of true. The, 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 yeah, like I said before, renewable energies uh, are, offer far more jobs than fossil fuel energy. Right. And in, but this is a place that scientists and science people are notoriously loathe to talk about you you will mm -hmm. not get a climate scientist to talk about the economy almost none will do that all right yeah they won't talk about jobs they won't talk about moral responsibility to keep the planet safe or Th keep your there's children also safe. i think a vulnerability for the religious people um who want to believe that god is shepherding the world and won't let this happen maybe God is out there shepherding the world. I'm not saying that th it doesn't exist, but uh, it. we, <laughs> 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 it, it's, I think it's unlikely. <laughs> um, but I, even if, you know, you, you believe that we're in a simulation and there's computer scientists that created it or, or whatever it is, or there's a God or there's uh, many gods, whatever it is, the fact is we're trashing what they made right now. So yeah. if you love a God, you it should be your responsibility to take better care of the shit they gave us. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the fact is if you appeal to authority to save you <laughs> or <Yeah>. your cat, <laughs> the cat's, if, the cat's my, in the oh, house. Oh, my oh. cat agrees with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Totally. If you, if you're appealing to a authority to save you that, I mean, that's how the Holocaust happens. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. how like these huge atrocities happen. Well, is it, it's really a form of denial. You know, the, the seven stages of grief, y right. you're in denial. If you are contributing to the problem and you think someone else is going to fix it, it's a rejection of responsibility. Yeah. Right. It's so it's the, those people are going to save me or those people are taking care of me or that deity is going to save me, is going to take care of me. I don't have to worry about the consequences of my own actions. Yeah. And w with other things, like you said, Holocaust or with the uh, immigrant putting people in cages and stuff, it's so awful that people will would rather deny in their head that it's actually happening. Yeah. And I think that's happening with global warming. It's so bad like literally humans might not be able to exist in a hundred years bad. Yeah. Like it's so dire that our people that, w that are uh, being born today might be severely affected by this. Or what humans look like will be very different. Like what humanity is will be di very different. Like if, if or we get, if you know, we might have to live underground. If we there's deforestation stuff like that, that means there's less oxygen. Space. Yeah, which means like humans, like smaller humans, will be more prolific, like that kind of thing. Like so, <laughs> let's yeah, talk about the future a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, actually, can I really quickly <laughs> go yeah. back to something that Josh? Because I think it's something that I feel like we've all kind of realized, but it's not something that's been said out li loud. Where it's like scientists are really bad at messaging. Like they're really they're really good at at saying like here are the data points this is the trend that it's leading to this is not a good trend or this is a trend not not a good trend but this is this is a trend that is not helpful this is a trend that would be more helpful but they're not they're not as good at messaging where it's like you know you were saying like tying into an emotion or tying into an economy or politics or anything like that and it's it's something that they, we kind of need them to get better at. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. You know, scientists present the facts. Yeah. But they don't have a message. Yeah. If you ask a scientist what's your message, 
they'll just repeat all the facts <laughs> they just told you. Yeah. They don't have one. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe they should. Maybe we should have, maybe we have a responsibility to have a message. Unfortunately, well, if, if Al Gore was a little better at improv, <laughs> he might have been. Uh, I mean, he was elected president, yeah, but I he might have actually been president um, in, in 2000. I, I a lot of times think about what the world would look like <laughs> if Al Gore had been elected president. Um, it would be a lot different. And I mean, yeah. we do get we do get people like Bill Nye, the science guy, and like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who definitely have a leaning towards like, you know, a lot of their stuff is like, uh, conservation and like we need to change something about what we're doing but then almost immediately they get attacked like, yeah, yeah. like because they have a message right but, but they're going out there at least and and you know getting on youtube and getting on tv shows and and putting a message out yeah yeah that's uh, what it more that's power what it to takes. them and it's brave i mean yeah. you have to be a bit, bit thick-skinned to go out and and, and take on you know the trolls and the people that are being paid by the oil companies and and uh, and take a lot of flack. Yeah. Well, definitely. And there's an attack on science going on. Like I, I've gone yes. down, guys. I coordinated. I've got a I've got a real big confession, <laughs> and that's I've spent hours watching flat Earth videos. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have spent. I've gone down so many flat Earth holes. I, I have. Yeah. I I've watched a lot of guys. Them too. I've. I'm obsessed with them, <laughs> and, and I think we will probably do a flat Earth episode. <laughs> we should, oh, we can I come back for that, please? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I like. Um, I, I've actually started preparing for the flat Earth episode. If I am playing, if I'm going to play the flat Earther, and we just deny everything, <laughs> like we just refute all the flat Earth <laughs> arguments, but. Like their whole thing is that it is the flat earth comes from uh, religion versus scientism. They're the basis of their whole argument is that you only believe the earth is round because you believe in scientism and they make science a faith based thing instead of a fact based thing or just a results based thing. And like people don't understand that for a scientist being wrong is as equally useful as being right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And like the both of those things are useful for a scientist. Where in religion, being wrong basically means your religion doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, when yeah. somebody's gonna yeah. cut your head off. Yeah. <laughs> Actually I think what they're it's the opposite of what they're saying. It's not that science is a religion. It's that religion is actually kind of a science. Because science is the search for the answers, but in re religion is a search for answers. The thing is religion Instead of um, admitting they might not know, religion stopped looking and said, we found the answer, stop looking. If you find anything that disputes this answer, we will kill you. Whereas science said, I don't think you found the answer yet, we're going to keep looking. So, so really, um, religion is science that's, is, religion is bad science, yeah. I feel like. Well, religion is science that, that thinks they found the answer when they haven't well it's the same as, as the geologists that work for oil companies where it's mm -hmm. like they write their hypothesis first and then they do their then they testing try yeah. to make the data data match yeah yeah, um, it's, it, yeah. It, it's you know that 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 certainty gives you power yeah at the end of the day and i think that's why people gravitate towards those answers those religious answers because the people who say them say them with such great certainty that it makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel like you're not, you don't have 
you, you can give up some responsibility. You can give up some of your fear and your anxiety. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's a lot of, it's definitely an emotional it's, pull. It's more comforting to think that the big, the answers to the big questions have been answered when really they we're still as a species fairly ignorant of what's going on. Yeah. Gravity. We're just, like what we're still trying to find, figure out what's going on. And the only honest way to do it is by observation and recording and then coming up with hypotheses and seeing if Testing, they're correct. And, yeah. and, and it's the scientific method. Whereas the religious method is I'm just going to say, I know it. And then close my ears. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever works must have been the uh, right answer. Yeah, but if, yes, I've seen, I've watched hours of Flat Earth, and it's the worst. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, but let's go to the future. So what? Yeah, like like yeah. you were saying. So, um, possible futures. There, there's a thing called climate engineering that people are starting to talk about because we're sort of locked into, um, at best two degrees celsius rise and possibly more at this point even though we have talked about emissions are lowering in china they're lowering in california in certain places the world is starting to wake up and get better so we might be able to uh, cap emissions at some point but we're still locked into yeah i mean best case scenario uh it's gonna, still going to be really hard to keep the warming to two degrees Mm-hmm. And even two degrees is still pretty bad. It's still pretty bad. You know, yeah. Long term, Greenland is going to be lost. Ice uh, in Greenland is going to be lost in uh, two degree warming. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's 20 um, something feet of sea level rise. Uh, New York City yeah. is going to be either, either have to build seawalls or going to be uninhabitable. Uh, Hawaii. Most of the, like Florida, uh, you know, most of the coastlands of the world are going to recede a lot of islands are going to be gone yeah so it's a um, it's a big deal and it's it's going to be really tough to stay to lo- less warming than that uh but you know it's so funny yeah you yeah. were talking about geo- geoengineering is kind of what we call it or environmental engineering is it, do you think there's any answers in there well in some sense it's a uh you know, it's a language thing. We're already doing it, of course, right? Yeah. Global warming is, is geoengineering. Yeah. Sure. It's all right. We're already doing it. The question is, can we make up some geoengineering that counteracts the geoengineering <laughs> we're already doing, right? right? So, uh, uh, which, which is dangerous because you never is. quite know exactly what you're tweaking with. I you mean, know? it's how we got in this mess, right? You know, you sure. want to do more of the same to fix but we it? Might, or but I believe we might have to. It we reminds me the, of like yeah. when There's you introduce a species that takes over and yeah. then, you <laughs> then you have to introduce a new species to, to kill take the out old yeah. one. Yeah. It's species. like the, the Simpsons joke, like we'll, we'll bring in uh, snakes to eat the, uh, the, the, the lizards and then we'll bring in gorillas to eat the snakes. <laughs> yeah, and, then right. the, <laughs> and then the gorillas will just die off when the yes, winter comes. Yes, yeah. and then um, NRA nuts to kill the <laughs> um, but yeah, so the so the question is, could any of this work, or could any of it help us? And the answer is sort of maybe. Um, but my, I mean, and it's really hard. Um, you have to understand the consequences of what you're doing if you're going to do something on the scale of the whole planet. Yeah, right? and you you and can't really you can't understand really. the full consequences. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's like tweaking one gene because every in your body, uh, one gene is so inner. 
connected to all the other genes, you don't know what else you might be changing. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're part, it's part um, of a whole organism. If you wipe out the mosquitoes, you might be wiping out a species of bird or frog that you didn't know about. Or right, something. right. Um, but but there's, there's a few different things. Um, one is increasing the reflection of Earth by possibly seeding clouds so they're whiter and they reflect more sunlight. Um, oh, the God. other thing is um, uh, carbon sequestration, which, which would be like actually trying to suck the carbon out of the air which we're already starting to try yeah, china to do. was doing that right and it was yeah. surprisingly successful there are scrubbers but we need i think scrubbers on a much larger scale well, yeah. yeah and the other question is what do you do with it um so you mm-hmm. know one of the things that people who are successfully taking co2 out of the air one of the things they're doing with it is liquefying it and using it to get more oil out of the ground <laughs> Right. Really. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So, you know, like, good job, guys. That, that one maybe didn't help us. <laughs> Is <laughs> right. liquid CO two good for anything? <laughs> anything like um, space travel or no, something? No, it's hard. It's I hard. Mean, you it's have to find a place in the climate to put it where it won't come back. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you shoot it into the race sun. cars. When it was yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> was shoot it into the sun when it was oil. You know, when it was uh, sticky, gooey oil or coal or whatever we burned to yeah. get it there. Um, it would stay put underground, right? But mm-hmm. if it's liquid CO2, it likes to turn back into a gas uh, and get re-released. So the, there's a question, what do you do with it? Now, Can they might solve that Turn it back problem. into O2 and take the C out of it and, and if you, make, um, make oxygen? You put the C in the C. Yeah, right. Put the C, <laughs> put the C, in, C in dump the C, the C into the C. Um, and then y- eventually, maybe yes. Uh, you know, uh, that would be great because then you're kind of undoing it. But it's the carbon really that you have to get rid of that that C, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, how to do that is really tough. So there's where to put I, it. Where, where, where to put it? Oil executives won't find exactly it. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly. We can repeat this experiment <laughs> ten thousand years. <laughs> oh, thanks for keeping all this carbon. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, so, there are possible ways to address it. I think all of the stuff with the solar radiation is kind of BS in my opinion. It's a bad idea because. We're in a, an economy where we're trying to move more toward using the sun for energy. Yeah. So if we start blocking out the sun to cool us down, you know, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that a lot of those things, you know, uh, the aerosols and stuff, they're talking about doing over the ocean. Well, you know, if you cool a big patch in the middle of the Pacific, who cares? See, <laughs> 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 it's, it's out in the middle but of the does ocean. Does that bring the... the it's not world a, average it, it down would, and it, does it help or it not? might you know if, it, if you could really do it on a big enough scale to bring the world average down it might help cool the planet a little bit but you've still got the co2 in the atmosphere so as soon as you stop doing it co2 is going to warm it back up so mm-hmm. you're going to do it forever uh the only real way is to try and take the co2 out of the air and do okay. something with it and and maybe they'll find a technological way to do that i think they probably will and hopefully they'll be able to do some of it but it's we're not quite there yet and we definitely shouldn't be monkeying around with stuff like trying to turn off the sunlight <laughs> i did <laughs> oh god <laughs> what about the uh the farnsworth sunblocker mission the, you know, the giant satellite that blocks yeah, the yeah there's the people are that. talking about that right there, there's actually ideas to to put millions of, s- of small solar panels up in space and that would sort of block the sun a little bit while actually capturing some of that sunlight um and then they would beam it back somehow yeah japan had the idea for a raft that was like the size of texas that was just going to be solar panels 
mm-hmm. but then it was like maintenance on that raft was going to cost <laughs> yeah. them yeah. way more than they would be saving. We might have energy. to like build yeah. a, an entire Dyson sphere around the Earth, yes, <laughs> and then artificially light the Earth so that no real sunlight gets in. We collect mm-hmm. it all Just and then LED use that. panels on the back. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> that sounds awful. This island. Um, I actually, and I read today, there's a a pretty good article that I liked on ASME.org on on, uh, can we engineer a better climate. Um, It's called Can Change Climate Better, part one. (laughs) But one thing that came up was uh, artificial trees that that suck carbon out of the air, Um, which might be a good idea, but yeah, exactly. It (laughs) made me kind of sad because it's sort of that sci-fi thing that you always see. In, in in future sci-fi where they're like, there's no trees anymore. Those are artificial trees. Yeah, they're right. made to look like the real ones <laughs> yeah. that we killed off. You see the guy come back in time and he's like, this is a tree? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never seen a real tree before. <laughs> yeah. and it's, that made me we real already have sad. artificial trees. You can see cell, cell, <laughs> yeah. uh, cell towers. Yeah. tower trees all over the place. We might have carbon sequestration sh- trees coming. Um, but of course, you a know, a little sad, but actually kind of uh, maybe necessary. Or yeah. Well, you know, what's wrong with the regular trees? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's my that's my tease. They already yeah. we, they are we already know how to grow them. They already suck up carbon when they grow. Uh, you know, if you wanted to get the carbon, the, the 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 fake trees have the same problem in that you get this CO two, um, and if you get them wet, uh, it turns back into CO two. You you would literally have to bury the fake tree underground where it would never touch water <laughs> wait um, why is that i did read that if it gets wet it would release the yeah CO2 so they re- it releases it just something about the way that chemi- uh, it captures the co2 um it's sort of it takes it out of the air but uh uh it it will react with water redissolve and then uh filter back out into the air if it gets okay. wet so it's not a <laughs> it's not a, again they haven't they haven't figured out the storage. What do you? Where do you put the CO two? The tree will pick it up, but you know it's like the garbage collector. You know when you you fill up your trash cans, where do you put them? Yeah, um, it's like the gremlin tree. Yeah, like <laughs> right. don't get it wet. Don't, don't, don't it feed, wet. It, after feed it after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that garbage barge that was was just floating yeah. around because nobody would uh, would. Well, would, you said provide a place to put the garbage. <laughs> what's what's going on with because I. I'm. I think I'm a little younger than you guys, but when I was growing up, I remember almost on a weekly basis hearing about the state of the hole in the ozone layer. Oh, and like that was a big, that Mm -hmm. was a big story, and like that was the big kind of like we got to stop using hairspray. You got to start recycling. You got to any aerosols, anything like that. Like these are all started to get better because we stopped using hairspray. It. That's exactly right. We. We. uh, You know. Um, the ozone hole peaked. It's actually pr- more recent than you might expect. In the last five or six years, maybe it was ten. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, it peaked, and they think it's it's actually going to start. Uh, the the hole will start shrinking, and the ozone will start coming back. Well, that's good. And it's basically because we found a refrigerant that replaced the fluorocarbons that ate the ozone was still as pretty much as good as the last one, but didn't eat the ozone as badly mm-hmm. um, and again a you know some sort of regulation was set up where exactly. you have to use the new better refrigerant and you cannot yeah, and use the old one i mean the amazing thing about technology the, the thing people don't realize is they're like oh technology will in, will invent our way out of this right 
but technology needs an incentive to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to go invent it just because they think it's cool. We need to, as democratic societies, actually vote and make exactly make a regulation or a law or whatever that you can't keep destroying like, the ozone layer. Absolutely. Like Space Force. It's going to be the best. <laughs> <That'd> be <laughs> awesome. We're going to have army things in space. <laughs> 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 oh God, help us all! <laughs> and it's uh, like <laughs> yeah, space force. They're trying to sell space force to people who think NASA doesn't exist because <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which blows my mind because so many people are like, "Wow, space, cool!" And like, dude. There's cool. There's so much cool NASA yeah, shit right. going on right now. <laughs> if you think space is cool, <laughs> we don't need space force. We're on. We've got three the rovers on Mars. We've got a thing that went past Pluto and is now almost to the Kuiper Belt. We've got the Voyagers, which are leaving the solar system. Yeah. Go to Cape Canaveral every other week, and you will yeah. see something being shot into space. Yeah. Yeah. Vandenberg, right? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. There's yeah, new like pictures of Jupiter that just came <laughs> in this year that are fucking awesome. They're really yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Jupiter is my favorite planet. We have a <laughs> kick-ass space force doing great work, and it's called NASA, and Josh Willis is a representative from it. Yeah. And we're coming to the end of the podcast, but thank you so much for yeah, Josh, uh, this was awesome. for joining us. I had us. a blast. You know, I, I hope this wasn't too depressing for people, but <laughs> it's an important <laughs> issue, and it wasn't super funny. But uh, Well, remember Santa Claus home. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> remember yes. that one time we left. Save Santa. <laughs> hashtag save Santa. Yeah. So as long as we're doing hashtags, <laughs> yeah. Climate sure. Elvis, Google Cl- Climate Elvis and watch my video. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, seriously, it's a fun video. It is, it, like, if you grew up with Bill Nye the Science Guy, it's very similar, <laughs> like that kind of vein. Oh, thanks. That it, kind of humor. I and, appreciate uh, that. And and you do climate. I've seen you do climate Elvis live sometimes. Yeah. Uh, around the Los Angeles area. Yeah. Um, and then how else can people uh, reach you or see your work? Yeah. Um. Omg. Jpl. Nasa. Gov or just Google Omg Nasa. Uh. And check out. Wait, my that's f- a website. Omg. That's, yeah. Omg. Jpl. Nasa. Gov. Okay. But it's too long to remember. If you Google Omg and Nasa, you'll find me. We'll okay. uh, we'll we'll uh, include links to it on the Facebook page sure. and Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. And then yeah. you're uh, you're you're at Climate Elvis on YouTube. Uh, I mean, on, on Facebook. Facebook. On Facebook. Uh, your OMG. Oh, at OMG NASA on Twitter. NASA on Twitter. Mm-hmm. All right, what's on do you have uh, Instagram? What's Instagram, Instagram is also OMG NASA. Um, okay. But check out the Facebook page. It's got links to all of them. Okay. All cool. Right, awesome. And we'll put definitely put links on our website. When this comes out, yeah, um, cool, so cool. And then you, you're headed back to Greenland, yeah, soon? When? yeah. In in August, in uh, August, the second half of August, we're going back. We're gonna fly around on the little DC threes and drop a bunch more stuff in the ocean. Oh, that's All awesome. right. Well, if you're hiring, uh, <laughs> if you're hiring strong men to <laughs> join you and oh drop things out yes. of planes, yes. I yes. would volunteer immediately. As, as do I. To be one Let's of go, yeah. you guys. I'll meet you in Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to go. This is not a joke. Um, <laughs> Take me to Greenland. I want to drop something out of a plane. <laughs> but sincerely, like, thank you for your work on this, and I think it's such an important issue. Yeah. Um, I think it's the most important thing facing the future of humanity right now. And I think we can just squeak our way out of it if we get smarter and better politicians in in government and stuff um yeah i agree with that um you know it, or maybe it, we're all doomed i don't know maybe we're all doomed. Or we, <laughs> well, we all live on i want to say thank you guys for talking about this stuff because uh I, I you know i i love talking about it but i think it's important to be talking about it especially at times like these so yeah thank you 
All right. That's our podcast. Yeah, guys. Thanks this was for science listening. as fuck. Um, it was pretty science and not not a lot of comedy because it's, uh, of the subject matter, but... Uh, you know, I hope you had a chuckle here or there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you got to hear us really nerd out. Like, I think yeah. a lot of it was just us. I spent a lot of time reading and thinking about this stuff, so yeah, yeah. I had a lot to say on it. Um, uh, but thanks for listening. You can find me at Dave Chacho and all the things. And you can find me at Jess Klein One. That's J E S S K L E A and the number one. We're at Science AF Pod on Twitter. Our website is Science AF Pod as well. I think. Yeah. Com. And we're on Facebook, Science AF Podcast. Yep. Please follow us and like us on the things. Bye bye. That's Hi. it. Bye. Science AF. 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 Science as fuck.